Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Shalava, and we're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava, and today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. It's been a busy day, and I got up early, I got up after it, and that was pretty much set the tone for the rest of the day. And so I ended up getting a lot done. I had some posts I was doing for GFNF, so just kind of putting those together early in the morning and ended up putting a couple of those out stuff that I've been watching and there are a few releases that we'll probably have coming up in in the couple days ahead not going to really get into those but we can expect some some decent items coming up in the future other than that we had a couple releases this morning so we can talk about those and then we'll just get into replenishables a little bit I'll, I'll kind of dibble dabble in that and talk about what I've been doing in that some stuff that I've noticed that's been helpful and just the whole nine yards and so The first thing that we had today was there was an expected release. I talked about this earlier. It was the Nike Air Max 1 Blueprint, and those were supposed to restock. I think they came out in March or April. Decent shoe, decent looking shoe, not that much profit, and there was super low stock from what I could tell. And so overall, not worth going for in my opinion. I didn't go for it. If there's low stock on a shoe, you can go for it if if it's profitable but this wasn't a profitable shoe and i'm kind of out of the mode of trying to just make money on shoes if there's money to be made now that ebay is charging seven percent instead of zero percent on sneakers there's a lot less shoes that are profitable and they probably will notice a drop in people selling shoes on their platform but they'll probably see an increase in profits because they're taking a cut of every sneaker that's sold over a hundred dollars that's like an athletic shoe so overall that's kind of what you can expect and that was what i that was the one release we had this morning. They also restocked the Nike Dunk Low UNC colorway on the Nike app. That was something that was unexpected. Kind of came out last minute. So if you were kind of paying attention on Twitter and sneaker Twitter, you may have went for that. Super hard to hit. Very, very good colorway. UNC colorways always do really well. It's a beautiful shoe uh, and it's a beautiful colorway. And so overall, decent shoe, good profitable shoe. If you hit on that, you'll make some money on that. I didn't hit and... That was kind of the the releases this morning. The only other thing that happened was there was a New Balance restock for, it was on the Jound. It was the Jound New Balance release that they did in the brown and black shoe that restocked. I don't think they put out a ton of sizes. It was really, really low stock and I couldn't hit on it. I pinged for it in GFNF. That, I don't know if anybody hit on it. It was just kind of a, a small restock shock drop type of thing. So Overall, not a ton to do there, not a ton of releases this morning. That's fine. I do have some stuff, like I said, in the wings, and so going to be paying attention to that and waiting for that to come out tomorrow, the weekend, and hopefully having a better sneaker week and, and month ahead as we kind of roll through June. And so that's what I had today. Other than that, really focused on replenishables, and that was really the major part of my day. And replenishables, for those of you who may be new, are just items that sell on Amazon that are consistently in stock on Walmart, Target, Best Buy, like different big box stores or even local grocery stores and stuff that are constantly in stock and can be sold at a profit on Amazon. Profits are usually thinner, but you can sell them multiple times and they typically will resell for multiple months. And so if you can build up a list of items that sell that way, you can start to make a decent business out of it. And so that's what I was looking for today. Didn't have a ton of success with it. Just still trying to learn the ropes of it. It's a, it's a new thing for me. Selling on Amazon's new for me. And so what I'm probably going to do and what I need to do is just schedule some time out for liquidating a lot of my eBay inventory. I have a lot of it that I want to get rid of. And then rolling some of that money into just trial and, and error and seeing what happens with some different inventory I'm not 
maybe is comfortable selling on on Amazon. And so maybe trying some of those on the the edge kind of flips that I've seen, because right now I'm trying to go for the ones that look the best. And there's some that I want to try, but I don't feel comfortable putting the money into it. And I have the money to put into it. Like I can do that. I just don't know why I'm being kind of cheap about it, right? I want to learn as much as I can and as quickly as I can. And so I might as well kind of roll some of the money that I've I've saved up doing the regular reselling that I've been doing for a while and buying shoes, selling shoes, buying consoles, selling consoles and take a portion of that and just dedicate it to Amazon stuff. If I lose it, that's fine. It'll be an education. If I make money back on it, that's even better. And if I break even, that's kind of what I was expecting anyways. And so I should do that. I, I will be doing that actually. That's kind of one of the great things about this podcast is it's a good way for me to vet my ideas and kind of think them through. So that's something that I'll probably be doing here in the upcoming week ahead. And so looking at that, that's something I'm working on. I'm also working on just optimizing the process. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people focus enough on. I do think that people focus on the right things if they're looking for new inventory. But I think so many people kind of get stuck in their ways. And it's very easy to be so narrow minded when you're creating a process for something either to outsource or to be able to kind of do your own work. And when you get into a set way of doing something, it's very hard to change whether or not the change would be better for you, right? If the change is way better for you, but you already have like a way that works, a lot of people go, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think there's kind of reasons that that makes sense in some applications. But if you have a process that you do to to search for inventory, you have a process you do to do bookkeeping, and there's a faster way that's going to require you to learn something new, you have to do it. And especially as a business owner, you have to do it anyways, because you have to constantly be innovating and optimizing your business. And so the one thing really small Chrome extension I'm going to give you right now, it is called, let's see what it's called here, context menu search. And it sounds like a a mouthful there because it is. But basically what it does is you can highlight anything on Chrome and search it with Google, right? That's like a built in feature, you highlight it, right click and it says search this on Google. And that's fine. But this Chrome extension, which I never heard of before, allows you to basically put in any search engine into that extension and so you'll highlight whatever words you want to search right click and then you can click and search it on walmart you can search it on target you can search it on ebay you can search it wherever and so you can kind of get creative with it because all it's doing is basically taking the link that they they use for building out the search and so let's say you want to search nike right the link is like 95 percent of the way done for eBay, they have a special link that they use to search Nike on on solds, right? If you're going to look for like sold comps, you would type in Nike and they have all this information they put in the, the search bar at the top. And somewhere in that search bar is the word Nike. And then the rest of it's just jibber jabber that you don't really know what it means. And so basically what this extension does is it replaces that word Nike with whatever else you want it to be. So if you want to highlight whatever you highlight, right? So if you highlight something like uh, a skew for a Nike shoe. It'll do the search result on that skew. And so that's what I did. I, I set it up for Terapeak. I set it up for eBay. I set it up for Walmart. And it's really cool. You can kind of like play with it a little bit to where you can even filter out Walmart third-party sellers and stuff. You can set it to Walmart sold by Walmart only. And now every time you highlight something and right click it, it'll only bring up the sold comps from Walmart. Why is that important? Well, a lot of people get away with it and a lot of people are fine selling third-party items from Walmart on Amazon, but there's a chain of custody that happens. And if that's a big word, I'll just basically break it down. When an item is made, 
and then it's sold to a distributor and then they sell it to a retailer and then they sell it to us and then we sell it on eBay. That's kind of the chain of custody. You see how it makes like a chain, right? And so when there's a break in the chain or it's tough to figure out where the item came from or you can't trace it back to the original manufacturer, companies don't like that because it looks like it's stolen or it looks like you got it from some nefarious means. And us as resellers, we don't typically do that and I wouldn't encourage that, but it is something that you know, if you're botting a website or you're doing any of these things or, or you're buying from third-party sellers, there's a there's a risk involved with that because third-party sellers aren't Walmart. They're just selling on Walmart. And so we have no way of verifying where they got their inventory from. And so I don't believe this to be the case with a lot of third-party sellers, but there could be, in, in theory, somebody out there who stole a bunch of inventory and started selling it on Walmart and Walmart ungated them and just said, Hey, go sell whatever you want on here. And they didn't end up checking for an invoice. Amazon does that all the time. They don't always check for an invoice for each item you sell, but they can, and they have, and they've shut people down for not providing proper invoices in the whole nine yards. And so when Amazon comes back and says, Hey, you sold X amount of this, I don't know, let's say a TV remote that was selling really well. I, I don't think that those sell that well, but let's just say a TV remote. So let's say you bought 100 units of this TV remote from Walmart, it was a third-party seller, and Amazon asks you for the invoice. If that invoice shows that it's a third-party seller from Walmart, Amazon's probably not going to take that. And the reason for that is because they don't have a good way of saying, hey, we got this from, like, if they, you buy it directly from Walmart, they know Walmart's doing the right thing, or at least they expect them to, right? They're going to the actual distributors, or they're going directly to the manufacturer, and the manufacturer sells it to them wholesale, and then Walmart sells it to us for a markup, and that's how they make money. And so if you're buying it from somebody that's a third party on Walmart, and it's just some average like Joe Schmo out there who's selling these things, it gets to be very difficult for Amazon to say, well, we believe that Joe Schmo got these in a legitimate manner and then sold them to you in a legitimate manner. There's no there's no real way to trace that back to the original source. And so for that reason, I don't buy from third-party sellers. I know a lot of people do it. A lot of people get away with it and do a very good job. A lot of people buy on eBay and sell on Amazon and that's fine. But if there's no real way to kind of trace it back to the original manufacturer, you're going to run into issues if Amazon should ask you for an invoice. And if you're doing small numbers, they probably won't. But my biggest fear is building a business on a on some sort of uh, model like that where I'm buying from eBay, I'm buying from a third-party seller on Walmart, and then, he, then Amazon comes back and says, hey, show us some invoices for this, and my business gets shut down because I don't have proper chain of custody. And so that's something that I'm working on is just trying to filter those out. And so if you can filter out third-party sellers on Walmart, on Target, do it, in my opinion. I think it's a good idea. Plus, they're usually a higher price anyways. There's times where you can make money on them. I've seen people be able to make money off of a third-party price, but it's already over retail. They're basically doing what we're doing and selling it to us. So if you're selling it on Amazon, you have to maybe wonder why are they selling it on Walmart and not on Amazon for a profit. And it may just be because nobody else is providing it on Walmart, and that's fine. But it could be because they got banned from Amazon because they didn't have proper invoices for it. And so those sorts of things are just things to keep in mind. You don't want to build a business on a model that's not going to be sustainable for the long term. And I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in that. It's great to be able to leave your job. It's great to be able to build some capital. But once you start really building something that you want to do for 5, 10, 15 years, that's something you want to make sure is sustainable for you to be able to continue doing. I'm not talking like sustainable and like an environmental sense and and if you want to do that that's great too but like i'm talking more like hey this is either going to work or it's not going to work and so 
you want to build something that will continue to be able to work no matter what you scale to. And sometimes that's tough. Sometimes you have to change your business. Sometimes you have to start somewhere and build yourself up and then be able to kind of pivot to another type of business, right? You may start doing retail and then you may go and like do retail arbitrage and you may do like replenishables and you may start to pivot as you grow towards a wholesale model. You may pivot from that into some private label and now you have some different streams of income and stuff and that's fine. That's kind of stuff that I would encourage. But at some point, you don't want to be building a business that can't grow with you because you're going to have a weird place where you may not be able to sell it. You don't know what you're doing with it. You may not be able to continue making money in the way you were. If Amazon asks you for an invoice, you may not have the proper invoicing. And so you get in this weird world where you may not be able to have your business grow to the level you thought it would. And so that's what I'm trying to do here. It takes a lot more time. That's the downfall. It takes a lot more time to put a business in place that is successful and will continue to be successful than it would take to just cobble together something that'll work for a little bit. And so that's the 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 trade-off. But if you're in this for the long term, and I am, then it's something where you kind of have to approach it from that long-term 10, 15-year mindset as to what will this look like uh, I'm 25. So what does this look like when I'm 35 or 40? You know, am I going to be able to continue to do this? And I don't believe that I'm going to be able to continue buying from third-party sellers or buying things at retail in 10, 15 years that will be able to be resold on Amazon at the scale that I want to do it. And so it's great to start out that way. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. And I'll keep you in the loop as to when I change or what things I do. But if you want to do, you know, 10 million, 15 million in sales, that's maybe not the most sustainable way of doing it is doing a replenishables model. You may need to do wholesale. You may need to mix in some private label. And so I know people that have done both. They've done very successful jobs with that. And that's something that you kind of branch out into as you learn the space. But for now, sticking to replenishables. And that's what I'm going to be doing for the short to midterm right now. And so anyway, that's what I'm working on today. Hopefully that was insightful and helped you out. But yeah, I'm going to get going. You guys have a great rest of your Thursday. We got some big stuff going on tomorrow. So pay attention if you're in discords or you're follow anybody on sneaker twitter pay attention to them do have some big releases so i'm pumped about those um but yeah we'll get into it tomorrow and i'll kind of recap those a little bit so with that being said i'm gonna go you guys have a great rest of your thursday i'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast have a good one peace